The information contained on the Real Health Podcast and the resources mentioned are for educational purposes only. They are not intended as and shall not be understood or construed as medical or health advice. The information contained on this podcast is not a substitute for medical or health advice from a professional who is aware of the facts and circumstances of your individual situation. Information provided by hosts and guests on the Real Health Podcast or the use of any products or services mentioned does not create a practitioner-patient relationship between you and any persons affiliated with this podcast. This is the Real Health Podcast brought to you by Reardon Clinic. Our mission is to bring you the latest information and top experts in functional and integrative medicine to help you make informed decisions on your path to real health. Well, welcome everyone. It's Dr. Ron Henning Hockey again with uh, our Real Health podcast. And today it's my pleasure to have with us uh, Jen Nolan, who's the owner and, uh, and oncology nutrition consultant at Remission Nutrition. And there they uh, are a science based organization that provides metabolically focused oncology nutrition therapy since 2010. So that's a mouthful, Jen. Kind of interpret that for us. What does that really mean? It is. Um, well, we specialize in oncology nutrition consulting, and we do um, quite a lot of one-on-one -on -one consulting with clients. And we work with people who are maybe going through a cancer journey currently or have in the past, or maybe are looking to prevent. Maybe they have family members that have gone through it um, or are going through it. So it's one-on-one -on -one consulting and we coach people through lifestyle and nutrition um, to help in their journey. I think it's actually being well recognized how important nutrition is in the cancer journey, as you say. And what exactly are some of the challenges that you face uh, dealing with a patient? They come in and say, okay, I've got X, Y, or Z type cancer. It's you know, we know that cancer has a fundamentally similar uh, beginning and, and etiology. So how do you approach the patient? Because there's all kinds of different ideas about vegetarian versus this, that, or the other. What's, what's the starting point in terms of uh, helping patients get on the right track? Well, it's a great question. And I feel like every one of our clients kind of comes to us in a different place. So some people may be eating, you know, a very standard American diet, in which case there's a lot of kind of cleaning house for us to do. We might not go directly to a real therapeutic diet. We might just say, okay, let's get you eating less sugar or no sugar, um, no processed foods, um, eat at home, if possible, really focus on whole foods before we get really deep into a therapeutic maybe diet. We kind of have to do some of the groundwork first or the foundational things. And then we might, um, we often use more of a, I like to use more of a Mediterranean style sort of ketogenic diet for some clients. Um, definitely it's going to be very um, metabolically friendly. So very low carbohydrate and nutrient dense. So we don't necessarily push people toward a vegetarian diet, but I love a more plant forward or plant dense diet. That's really important. The plants are full of phytonutrients, which are wonderful cancer fighters and, uh, and hopefully people get the idea that if we eat real food, 
uh, we're going to be getting that extra defensiveness against the cancer, as well as being an, a good a good defense is a good offense as well. So what would be some of the things that you would do in terms of getting people focused in that direction? What would be, what would a day's meals look like that was more emphasizing plants? Well, I like to um, explain to people that if the majority of their plate is filled with plants. And then um, oftentimes, you know, you think about a lot of meat eaters might eat, you know, half of their plate might be meat. And so we're really cutting back on that. It might be more like a side dish and we would have healthy fats. Olive oil is my favorite, maybe some nuts and seeds, fatty fish, but really plant forward. Like I said, so, you know, focusing on, I, I have people look at a plate and I'm like, okay, when you look at a meal or a shake or a smoothie type of a thing, you ask yourself where are the carbohydrates in that meal? Hopefully they're from a lot of vegetables. Where's the fat? Where's the protein? And then it's a lot of balancing. And that's really important for our blood sugar, which we know is so hugely important as well. Yeah. I, for many years, I've encouraged patients to look down at their plate and see at least five colors. Mm, yeah, yeah, the colors are the color code is was a great little book that kind of helped me to understand that's the best way to to get all these really good things in there. Uh, yes. uh, you mentioned the oils. I think the oil issue is huge in our time. So could you talk a little bit about what people need to avoid and what they can use in their place in order to get good fats? You bet. Um, like I said, I love olive oil. Um, I love using avocados, nuts, and seeds, avoiding seed and nut oils is really important because they can be very inflammatory to the system. So, yeah. And then oftentimes when we're eating out, that's the oil we're going to get. So it's yeah. really hard to control when we're eating out. So that goes back to the trying to eat home cooked real foods as possible. Um, some grass fed butter and ghee for some people is just fine and lovely. Um, I tend to use more lean meats that are very, you know, pasture raised grass fed, they're more lean and, and then add the oil to the top. So I'm, like I said, I know I keep saying olive oil, but it really is my favorite. You can make, um, chimichurri sauces, pestos, things like that, drizzle it on top of your food in cooking. I'll use, um, grass fed butter, ghee, coconut oil that can withstand higher heat, um, some avocado oil, uh, but really staying away from, like I said, the canola oils and the soy oils and peanut oils, those things that, you know, a lot of people do a lot of high heat cooking with those oils because they can. Mm -hmm. And I also would say low and slow cooking is really critical. So not heating things real high. Yeah. And these, uh, this kind of moves us into the whole concept of how we're taking care of our metabolism. And in the realm of cancer, you know, cancer cells have actually shifted their metabolism to being pr primarily sugar burners. And so it's pretty well known now that if we can keep the sugar intake down, we can help suppress the, uh, the growth of the cancer cells. And so that kind of leads into the, the uh, ketogenic diet. But a lot of people are a little bit confused about ketogenic or they, you know, they, they jump in it too much, too fast. How do you approach, you know, lowering the sugar and improving the metabolic uh, health of the, of the patient? 
Yeah, I'm, I have a tendency to kind of slowly enter into a ketogenic diet more gradually or gently. It again, depends on the person, you know, if they're real ready or if they maybe have, um, you know, like glioblastoma, there's a lot of research that shows that with brain cancer, that's a, can be very effective. And with them, I might try to go a little bit quick, more quickly, but generally I would ease somebody in. So we would start cutting back on their carbohydrates. I would say, Sugar, like I had mentioned, um, is something that we, if we take that out, that takes care of a lot of the carb, carbs and grains. So grain-based carbohydrates like wheat, oats, rye, all of those, if you take those out, that also takes care of a lot of the carbohydrates. So we sort of start to ease those things out Um and food logging is really, really important. So I can help people with that where they're writing down what they're eating. It raises awareness. It's a great education piece if they're up for it and it helps me help them. So then I can see how many, you know, it's like, where's your baseline? What are you doing now? And where can we move from there? How can we kind of shave off those carbohydrates? And then really my words are usually spend your carbs wisely. Mm-hmm. So if we're trying to keep your carbohydrates low, I would love for you to spend those carbohydrates on all those lovely vegetables we were just talking about. Another part of the vegetables and the colors that we we didn't mention but should be mentioned is that we know that a lot of cancer grows out of toxicity. And uh, if your body is toxic and you may not even know how toxic it is, toxic it is how is it that plants and the phytonutrients in plants, how do they help with this detoxification process? Well, I think there's many different ways that they can help. One of the things that I focus a lot on is detoxing through the gut. Mm. And so if you're eating, you know, a lot of people, when they go into a ketogenic diet, it's pretty high, it's high fat. It might be pretty low fiber if they're afraid to eat vegetables, which happens with a lot of folks. Mm. And so they're not getting a lot of the fiber, which can really be problematic when we're trying to detox through the gut. So there's all different kinds of pathways, you know, for detoxing through the liver. I might use certain vegetables for liver love. I would call it like bitter foods are really great. And that we're going to get that from our vegetables. So radicchio is one or lemon zest is really great or dandelion greens. Those are also colorful vegetables. So that's, that's what I would do. And also, you know, uh, Dr. West, who's one of our doctors, she encourages people to get brags that with all the the various herbs in it because it. herbs are colors and they're mm-hmm. they're rich in phytonutrients that's yes. going to help out with detoxification. Another aspect of eating whole foods that's going to be very important in the cancer patient is the what whole foods do for the microbiome. And uh, what we're finding out is that stress and uh, and trauma in patients' lives uh, do have an effect on their gut. It's it's the gut feeling, but it goes both ways. If you if you take care of your gut in terms of the healthy foods, it can actually help you deal with stress better. Have you, has that been your experience? Absolutely. Yep. There's such a connection. There's that communication system between the gut and the brain, and they do they work both ways. So if the gut's happy, the brain can be happy. If the brain's happy, the gut can be happy. So yeah, in in you know the immune system, so much of the immune system lies in the gut as well. So it's a big focus for us. We call it the tube. 
you know, and how can we care for the tube? So we might use for some people live foods. That's another thing with fiber and, you know, it's got the prebiotic fibers and the probiotics. So really, really important part of what we do. There's a lot more to this conversation and it's coming up right after a quick break. Today's podcast is brought to you by Live On Labs, makers of liposomal vitamins and supplements. Live On uses a liposomal encapsulation technology to protect nutrients from destruction in the digestive system. This allows for more efficient delivery of essential vitamins and nutrients. Choose from various supplements that support health and well-being, such as lipospheric vitamin C, magnesium, glutathione, and more. To learn more, visit liveonlabs, that's L-I-V-O-N-Labs.com. So when you work with with cancer clients, uh, are you, I'm obviously you're working as an educator. How much do you feel like you are someone that's helping them achieve accountability? Does that, is that part of what you do? I mean, that's the old dietitian perspective. Right. And I know you're way beyond that, but how do you enter into that relationship with the patient such that they feel like you're part of their support team and not just looking over their shoulder and counting calories. Yeah. As much as I have had some clients tell me that they hear my voice sometimes when they're <laughs> making choices or there's a little gin on my shoulder, I'll hear that sometimes, but I definitely feel like the relationship that I get with our clients, many of our clients is very rich and loving and supportive and truthful yeah. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, we, we do a lot more than just talk about food, yeah. I would say. Um, yeah. And people feel really, I feel like they, they feel really supported and loved and like they can be honest and, you know, there's not judgment and they don't think they feel that from us. I certainly like to use, like I was saying before that um, food logging piece, because that's a bit of an accountability piece for them, mm -hmm. but it's more about not me looking over their shoulder, but them being empowered to make these changes and recognize how well they're doing and you know, it feels really good. And so I think that's more rather than me, you know, pointing my finger, like, wait a minute, you didn't do X, Y, and Z. You know, a lot of people feel tremendous guilt. Well, first of all, about cancer alone, but then they feel guilty about, well, I, I've always eaten crummy and I, they have a bad relationship with food. And so it almost seems to me like you're helping people learn to love their food because they know it's good for them. It's going to help them heal. So you, you are, in a sense, transforming their relationship with food through your relationship with them in yeah. a really cool yeah. way, it sounds like to me. So, so I was going to ask you, how did you get into this? I mean, you know, uh, what's your background and how in the world did you get interested in working with cancer and nutrition? Yeah, well... Um... Going back quite a long time, my mom was, she was only 42 and she was diagnosed with breast cancer and she lived until she was 56. So mm -hmm. she lived a long time with breast cancer and I really followed along with her and, and, you know, was with her in that journey. Right. And, you know, I always say, had I known then what I know now would have been different, but I learned a lot and I learned the importance of sort of this holistic nutrition. So I did end up going to school and to become a dietitian. 
in Colorado. And that was kind of my first kind of step in toward nutrition while she was still alive. And I found out pretty quickly, I went through the program, but um, it was just sort of disheartening for me because it wasn't what I was, I really was expecting more of like what foods can help us rather than what foods can we eat or not eat while we're in the hospital sick? That's what it felt. It was less about prevention and all of that. So I wound up kind of doing some more holistic nutrition training. I got my master's in holistic nutrition and then kept kind of piling on. And then when I heard Jess Kelly had written, was writing, you know, the metabolic approach to cancer. And once she was done, she was going to have a program. I jumped, I started stalking her really. And was like, when is it going to, when can I do it? When can I do it? And so cancer was always really interesting to me. And so I, I did the oncology nutrition um, consulting program through her. And that was, it was just like the icing on the cake. That's a terrible analogy when we're talking about nutrition, <laughs> but um but I did feel really like it just felt so good. And I feel like now every day I'm honoring my mom and it feels really amazing. Yeah, that's wonderful. So, uh, no, I think uh, in, in order for people to really address and face their cancer, they have to look at their lives. And we spend a lot of our days eating uh, and uh shopping and thinking about food. And so it's, it's, uh, it's, it's part of a transformational process that people have to go through in order to kind of get to the other side of, instead of having cancer, they, they begin to look at it as a different type of an experience that they can actually grow from and achieve remission. So this nutrition remission name for your for your business is really cool because that's really the goal. You know, I mean, you should start with the goal in mind, no matter what you're doing. So I, I'm assuming you build that into your discussions with patients. Yeah, you bet. And I think you said something earlier, Ron, that was really interesting because, you know, it's not, so some people come to us and they're like, I've eaten well my whole life. And it's, everybody's looking for the reason, right? And that's okay. We want to find the root causes, of course, but it's not just about the food. It's about so much more, but we can think about food as medicine Mm -hmm. and food as a tool, Mm -hmm. and we can change some things up and tweak some things. And that's pretty powerful. That's a tool. It's not that we're blaming food on giving us cancer. You know, some people have been eating maybe McDonald's their whole life and that can, you know, play some roles, but I just feel like, um, yeah, I think it's important to recognize that, that we can use food as medicine. Yeah. So we're actually transforming nutrition from a noun into a verb that Mm -hmm. really you're, you're wanting to learn how to nutrify your body in a way that you're not just worrying about toxins, you're learning how to detoxify. So it's, it's, it shifts it. And so, uh, and it's not how much do you, how much do you exercise, but what kind of exercises and how do you feel when you exercise? What is the quality of your sleep? It's all about people learning how to take better care of themselves is what it really Mm -hmm. boils down to, but they have to make that decision to do so. And there's probably no bigger area than in terms of making decisions than deciding what you eat each day. So you're basically helping people be 
better deciders for themselves because you can't well you can you can be on their shoulder but you really can't follow them around but uh yeah, yeah. it's it's really it's pretty special work and it is holistic you know there's just so much at play and it's a scary time and when people receive a diagnosis or their family members and it's something that they can actually do that feels like it's within their control yeah you know not to say there's not there's a lot of you know food um you know unhealthy relationships with food yeah. of course there's yeah. a big spectrum and a lot of people all of us probably fall somewhere in that spectrum but we can help repair that and help people feel more comfortable and love food and not be so fearful. Cause that does happen sometimes when people, you know, might get a diagnosis and they go super duper extreme. Right. And then they become afraid of everything. They, you know, I always tell people we can't live in a bubble. We're going to be exposed to some toxins. What we want to do is support our body and have faith that our body can deal with those toxins on its, you know, with the help of maybe food and other things. But so, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like we have to take a look at all of our relationships when we get this kind of a diagnosis. And this is just a very, we do have a relationship with food. And if we can make really good friends with good food, that's going to help us get well. How do people, how do you normally work with people? Do you do people, do you do a lot of virtual uh, counseling? All. All. Yeah. All. Yeah. So we um, were a team of three consultants and then we have um, an admin slash uh, client relations manager, which is wonderful. So somebody, a lot of people really want to talk to somebody, you know, when they're, oh. they don't want to just, you know, they don't want to just set up an appointment online. They want to talk to somebody mm -hmm. and Anna in our office, she's just lovely. And that's great because it gives somebody a person and it is hard because we're all virtual, you know, it's not like they pop into the office. Mm -hmm. So she is great. And then um, there's three of us consulting, which is wonderful. And we're kind of all over. We're in Texas. Two of us are in um, different parts of Colorado. And um, we work one-on-one. -on -one. We do a lot of one-on-one -on -one coaching or consulting. Coaching. Mm -hmm. And we have different uh, packages available. There, You can do a one-off. Our initial consults are pretty long. They're two hours. Mm -hmm. um, but there's a lot of that goes into that. You know, We look at a lot of different testing, if people have labs, if they have genetic testing, all the things. So there's a lot of pre preparation that goes into that. Then we meet for two hours on Zoom. Um, some people prefer the phone. It's nice. I love to be able to see people, but you know, it's fine. We'll do either. And, um, and then we try to do follow-ups. It's hard to get it all in, in one, two hour session. Um, I really like that sort of, that's the accountability or the coaching afterwards that we do, um, and the support. Um, so that's how we work. We're also right now developing some group support um, situations. So that's kind of still in the works, but hopefully March next month, we'll be able to start offering some of those so we can get the information to more people and even have create community so they have support, you know, from each other. So that's exciting. You know, I think this is great because I, of course, we see a lot of cancer patients at the Reardon Clinic and I always talk a lot about it, but it's never enough. And so yeah. I, I think it's great that you're available when people really need more uh, intensive and and deep support in their effort to improve their nutrition. They're motivated. They've got the motivation, mm -hmm. 
but they now they want to know how do I do it and specifically how do I do it you know within the context of the family that that I'm in because not all family members are going to be interested in nutrition but a lot of times if they're concerned about their loved one they're willing to bend too but uh but I think the idea of having a coach or a guide or a support in this evolution of of uh, the uh, of one's dietary patterns, I th- it's I think it's crucial if they want to be successful in uh, in their in their cancer journey. So, but so yeah. thank you so yeah. very much for the work you do, and we're yeah. we're happy we're 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 all metabolic here. We, you know, we we really we really understand that this is the core and taking care of the terrain, you know, you got to, the terrain itself is, that's where food grows, is out of the, out of a good soil. So you're, we're just gardeners is all we are, health gardeners. So, but thank you for your work and thanks for being on our program and and best of luck to you. Thank you so much, Dr. Ron. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you for listening to The Real Health Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. You can also find all of the episodes and show notes over at realhealthpodcast.org. Also, be sure to visit reardonclinic.org where you will find hundreds of videos and articles to help you create your own version of real health.